Hello and welcome to Within the Mist Podcast, your shadowy home to cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries. We are your hosts, Gary and Goldie Ann. Good morning, Goldie Ann. Good morning, Gary. How are you today? I'm good. Yeah? I'm tired. I know. We just got back from taking the dogs to a park, a dog park, where Sam and Penny got to run out a lot of extra energy. Mm-hmm. But I will say I was very proud of Sam because he has this tendency of not knowing exactly how big he is and knocking people and other dogs over, but he was a gentle giant today. Yes, he was. Now, I have a great story for you today, Goldie Ann. Oh, really? Yes. But first, a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. Now, a special treat for you, Goldie Ann. Okay. Is that Miss Violet volunteered to give you our question of the day. Violet? My little sunshine Violet? Little sunshine Violet. Hey, Goldie Ann. What is the right advice to give to a worm? Sleep late. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you're now pulling in young, unsuspecting minds. Well, what I want to point out is, is that when I say these jokes, you're like moaning and groaning. And when she says the joke, you actually laughed. It's because she's Violet. She's, she's perfect. Oh. I mean, you're perfect. You're perfect. Gotcha. Did I say you weren't perfect? You You're said perfect. I wasn't perfect. Anyways, You're no Violet. Anyways, thanks to Miss Violet for today's joke. Today's episode contains attacks from a monstrous creature that may exist beneath our feet in the sands below. These may be frightening to some of our audience. We are storytellers of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries. We don't intend to scare our listeners on purpose. Well, maybe just a little. Listener discretion is always advised. The sun beats mercilessly down on the endless expanse of sand, the heat shimmering off the dunes and waves that distort the landscape. In this inhospitable terrain, where few creatures dare to venture, some swear that an extraordinary creature lurks. Amateur cryptozoologists and credited academics alike have attempted to prove its existence, trudging through the blistering heat and sandstorms in search of elusive evidence. Yet, despite their efforts, only a few stories have been brought back from the desolate Gobi Desert. This region of sand and sun was always a hostile place with the natives that were also hostile to foreigners. The desert is massive, covering 500,000 square miles between China and Mongolia. This is the perfect environment to hide monsters. Monster? Like tremors? Keep that in mind. Okay. Because legend has it that this worm-like creature is unlike anything seen before. Oh, wait. And you mean like Beetlejuice? Oh. Beetlejuice. I had never made that connection. Beetlejuice. I just said three times. Well, now we're in trouble. Nah. Well, this creature 
is an enigma of the desert, moving beneath the sands with such swift grace and speed that it seems to defy the laws of physics. The monster is serpentine in appearance, with a sleek, cylindrical body that is around two feet long. It appears to have no visible head or legs, which adds to its mysterious nature. Its skin is a deep, dark, reddish-brown color, almost the same shade of the desert sand. It exudes a sense of danger and deadly power with its mere touch being described as instantly fatal. So join us today as we travel within the mists of the Gobi Desert to investigate the Mongolian Death Worm. That sounds scary. Well, I did give a warning. Mm -hmm. Chapter 1. On the Trail of the Ancient Man The stories of the creature first came to Western attention due to Roy Chapman Andrews' 1926 book, On the Trail of Ancient Man. In this book, Andrews was preparing to travel to the Gobi Desert during the 1920s, this was due to the discovery of the very first dinosaur eggshells. The natives there have been using the artifacts unknowingly for thousands of years, not realizing that they were eggs of the mighty reptile beasts. So in 1923, scientists confirmed that dinosaurs laid eggs because they had found entire nests uncovered in Mongolia. Huh. The American paleontologist Roy Chapman Andrews had heard secondhand tales of these eggs and wanted to discover some for himself. But he also was told of a creature while attending a gathering of Mongolian officials in 1926. At the time, he took little stock in these fantastical stories, dismissing them as mere folklore or superstition. But as he listened to the detailed descriptions of the creatures from those who claimed to have seen it, he couldn't help but be curious. <laughs> Quote, they described it as a gigantic scaly beast with a long serpentine body and a fearsome head. Some even claimed that it could breathe fire and that its roar could be heard for miles. Despite never having seen the creature himself, Andrews was drawn in by the passion and the conviction the Mongolian officials spoke with. And so, he decided to mount an expedition to uncover the truth behind these tales. As news of his planned expedition spread through the Mongolian government, it eventually reached the Prime Minister. He was intrigued by the American paleontologist's bold plans and was also fascinated by the tales of the death worms circulating in his country for centuries. As the Prime Minister called for a meeting with Andrews, he was eager to learn more about his plans and share his own thoughts on the matter. The two men sat across from each other in his ornately decorated office. Prime Minister admitted that he was most interested in their mythical creature, the Death Worm. Andrews agreed, knowing that this was a topic that he could not easily dismiss or evade, 
So he admitted that he had heard the stories about the creature and found them quite fascinating during his time there in Mongolia. It was then that the Prime Minister leaned forward, his eyes gleaming with excitement. He provided a unique opportunity for Andrews. And even though his people had lived alongside the monster for centuries and had developed a deep respect and fear of it, they had never captured one alive. He described the death worm as being a creature of two foot long with a slender body resembling a giant sausage with smooth, shiny skin of a deep shade of red. It had no visible head or legs, making it appear like a giant worm or a snake. Andrews raised an eyebrow in surprise that the Prime Minister believed in the story so much. This was certainly something other than what he had anticipated. The Prime Minister continued explaining that his government has long been interested in studying this elusive animals. So he asked Andrews, if the paleontologist happened to come across one of these creatures during his expedition, would he be willing to capture it for him? Andrews hesitated for a moment before responding. He knew capturing such a fearsome creature would be no easy feat and required special equipment and expertise. But he also couldn't turn down such an intriguing request. I don't know. I think I could turn it down. Well, the Prime Minister offered him a fortune for just one of these creatures. And so the paleontologist finally replied with a small smile that he would undoubtedly do his best. The Prime Minister nodded satisfactory before handing Andrews a piece of parchment sealed with wax. It was an official request from the government of Mongolia to find one of these creatures. It permitted the Westerner to capture a specimen of the death word should he find one. So as Andrews returned to his hotel, he couldn't shake off the excitement of the Prime Minister's request. He knew that capturing a beast would not be easy, but still, he couldn't pass up the opportunity to study one of the most elusive creatures in the world. So the paleontologist set out the next day with a small team of experienced guides and researchers. Armed with steel forceps and wearing protective glasses and gloves, they trekked deep into the Gobi Desert, following leads and rumors from the locals about possible sightings of the death worm. Referred to by the locals as the Ogi Korki, or large intestine worm, Ew. the Mongolian death worm has been a prominent figure in Mongolian folklore for generations. According to accounts from the residents in the desert, it possesses a deadly ability such as spitting corrosive venom that can kill on contact. And if that's not possible, it can electrocute its victims from far distance underneath the sand if necessary. As Andrew later wrote in his book, I may have initially dismissed the creature as a figment of imagination, but something about the story stayed with me. As a scientist and an explorer, I could not resist the call of the unknown. With that, he and his team worked in the heart of the Gobi Desert, armed with little more than a sense of adventure 
and a few crude maps. The rugged terrain of the Gobi Desert presented countless challenges, from sweltering heat to treacherous sandstorms. But Andrews and his team persevered, driven by their curiosity and determination to uncover the truth. Soon, days turned into weeks as they trudged through the scorching heat, searching for any sign of the legendary creature. Despite their best efforts, they found nothing. 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 Just sand. Unfortunately, a specimen was never captured, and Andrews would return back to his home country, where he clarified in 1932 that the creature was, quote, probably an entirely mythical animal. Since he couldn't find one, he didn't believe they existed. What makes him think he's so special? Well, he was a renowned paleontologist, and he thought that with the Prime Minister's support, this would be a walk in the park. It wasn't. It was a walk in the desert with nothing to show for it. Yeah, very hot desert. Chapter 2. A Buddhist Priest's Warning While Andrew's publications aimed to resolve the argument over whether the existence of the death worm, other experts in cryptozoology remained unconvinced by his lack of evidence. One researcher who remained skeptical was Ivan Mackerel, a renowned cryptozoologist from Czechoslovakia. Ivan had spent years searching the world for proof of various cryptids or creatures whose existence had not yet been proven by science. In his pursuit of proof of the existence of these mysterious creatures, Ivan had visited locations such as Scotland to search for the elusive Loch Ness Monster and Madagascar to uncover evidence of the giant elephant bird. This was a man used to looking for the unknown. Huh. Now, despite these endeavors, his one true passion lay in the hunt for the Mongolian death worm. Ivan had become enamored with the legend of the death worm after reading about it in books and hearing stories from locals during his travels. He was determined that he would be the one to uncover solid evidence for its existence. So, in the 1990s, Mackerel led two expeditions to the Gobi Desert in search of the legendary worm. That wasn't that long ago. No, this is very recent. And he was confident that he would finally discover it during these trips. In the early 2000s, he embarked on another expedition with the same determination and hope. His theories about the death worm were based on his years of research and first-hand accounts from locals. According to Mackerel, he believed that the creature's size had been greatly exaggerated and was actually much smaller than reported. And according to him, the death worm was only as thick as a man's arm and only half a meter long, contrary to the claims that it was several meters long. He did agree with Andrew's description of the creature being blood red in color with no eyes, nostrils, or mouth. And it's this unusual appearance that add to the mysterious nature and sparked more interest in its existence. Ivan did believe that the death worm could deliver an electric shock. He theorized that this shock could have been mistaken for lightning strikes by witnesses. 
This is explained because the very few sightings of the worms occurs during the rainy seasons when there are more frequent lightning strikes in the area. One of Ivan's most controversial theories about the death worm was its venomous nature. He claimed that the Mongolian death worm fed on poisonous varieties of plants, particularly the Goyo plant, which is known for its toxic properties. Because of this diet, this led Ivan to believe that the death worm must be venomous in order to consume such plants without getting harmed. After numerous failed attempts to find the Mongolian death worm, Ivan was determined to explore every possible avenue in his search. This led him to spend years interviewing locals and gathering information about potential sightings and encounters with the creature. Most of these interviews were conducted in the western arid zone of the Gobi Desert, where most reports of the death worm originate. He was convinced that this was where he would have his best chance of finding the worm. In some cases, Ivan and his team even resorted to drastic measures in pursuing the death worm. They even went as far as using explosives to blast open parts of the desert to investigate deeper into the sand dunes. If the sandworm wouldn't come to them, they would go to the sandworm. That'd be disgusting. Worm guts everywhere? Mm-hmm. No. Despite their efforts, they still came up empty-handed. Another technique Ivan employed during his expeditions was aerial scanning of the desert. He would take a small plane equipped with a camera and fly over areas where sightings had been reported. This allowed him to gather photos and footage from the remote areas that were inaccessible by foot. Despite all of his efforts, Ivan could not provide concrete proof of the existence of the death worm. But this did not deter him from continuing his search. And even as he grew older and started to face health issues, Ivan remained dedicated to uncovering the truth. He believed that it would be him, if anyone, who would find evidence of its existence. So, on his third and last trip in 2004, so less than 20 years ago, Ivan embarked on an expedition to Mongolia with a full team of researchers and experts in various fields. They would travel through the remote and inhospitable areas known to be home of the death worm. They were armed with cameras, scientific equipment, and their knowledge of how to track elusive creatures. As they continued their investigations, they had an unexpected encounter with a Buddhist monk who changed the course of their journey. It was the monk who warned Ivan that he and his team were in grave danger if they continued their pursuit of the death worm. The monk informed them that according to local beliefs, anyone who disturbs or harms the death worm would face severe consequences. These consequences could include sickness, misfortune, or even death. The monk strongly urged Ivan to go home before it was too late. Despite the warning from the Buddhist monk, Ivan was still determined to continue his search for the death worm. As they set up camp in the desert and prepared for their next expedition, 
Ivan just couldn't shake off a feeling of unease. And that night, he had a vivid and disturbing dream about the death worm. The cryptozoologist dreamt that he was face to face with the monstrous creature, its gaping jaws filled with razor-sharp teeth. Suddenly, he woke up covered in cold sweat. Now, feeling unsettled, Ivan decided to sleep outside his tent on the ground, where the desert air was cool and refreshing as he drifted back to sleep. When he woke up in the morning, Ivan discovered that his back was covered in large boils filled with blood. Panic set in as he realized that something had attacked him while he slept on the ground. The team had to rush him back to civilization where doctors were at a loss as to what had caused such wounds. And how could he have slept through it? Uh, how do you sleep through a mosquito bites or a spider bite? Oh. I just think it would hurt more if it was a worm. He never said it was painful. They were just large blood boils on his back. And these blood boils caused Ivan's health to rapidly deteriorate, and it seemed like he wouldn't even make it through the night. As he lay in the hospital bed, Ivan couldn't stop thinking about his dream encounter with the death worm. Was it possible that it wasn't a dream? Had the creature somehow entered his body and created these wounds? Before he could dwell on these thoughts any longer, Ivan fell into a deep slumber due to the exhaustion and medication given to him by the doctors. When he finally awoke days later, Ivan's condition had miraculously improved. Doctors were baffled by his recovery. They just could not explain how or why his wounds had healed so quickly on their own. It was after his miraculous recovery, Ivan knew that there was only one explanation. It must have been the death worm itself that had attacked him while he slept. From then on, he abandoned all attempts at finding proof of its existence and warned others against pursuing this elusive creature. In fact, many believed that Ivan's encounter with the death worm was a warning from the creature itself. That's just insane. And he knows for a fact that he was attacked by that. It's the only thing he could find to cause such wounds. Yeah. Hmm. Chapter 3. Academic Pursuits A year later, in 2005, the British Center for Fortean Zoology, a group of eccentric researchers and cryptozoologists, set out to follow in Ivan's footsteps. Instead of blowing up parts of the desert, their approach was a little more peaceful. They flooded certain areas and dammed streams hoping to flush out the Mongolian deathworm from its hidden lair underground. So let's just kill a bunch of wildlife instead. I wouldn't say the Gobi Desert has a lot of wildlife. Yeah, but the ones that survive in dry things, you know, like the cactus and... I know. It was very destructive regardless of what they were planning to do. This team consisted of experts and enthusiasts, all united by their obsession with this legendary creature. They brought the same state-of-the-art equipment, including motion sensors, infrared cameras, and even a drone in their quest for evidence of the worm's existence. As they trudged through the sand and mud, 
The team couldn't help but feel a sense of awe and trepidation. They were treading on the ground that had likely been untouched by humans for centuries and searching for a creature that many believed to be nothing more than a myth. Richard Freeman, the leader of the British Center for Fortean Zoology Expedition, was determined to find evidence of the existence of the Mongolian deathworm. He had spent years studying and researching this creature, and he was convinced that it was more than just a legend, just like the men before him. His team set up camp in a remote area of the Gobi Desert, and their first task was to interview locals about their encounters with the deathworm. They were overwhelmed with the number of stories of sightings and encounters that dated back centuries. And one particularly intriguing witness was an old herder who claimed to have seen the death worm not once, but three times in his lifetime. He invited Freeman to sleep in his guest yurt where his wife told him about when she had seen the creature there just three years prior. According to her account, she had been out tending to the sheep when she suddenly saw a strange red creature emerge beneath the sand. It had a thick body, a very small narrow head, and no discernible limbs. She watched in terror as it slithered towards her before disappearing back into the ground. Her story matched many others that Freeman had heard. Descriptions of a blood-red, worm-like creature that lived beneath the sands and could kill with an electric shock or deadly venom. As Freeman continued to listen to these tales from locals and explore the surrounding area, he couldn't help but feel like they were getting closer to uncovering the truth behind this elusive creature. Unfortunately, after weeks of search and zero proof, they returned to their homes without seeing the elusive death worm. They did come across one interesting story. According to the story, a team of researchers from a Russian museum who were exploring the Gobi Desert in 1972 had stumbled upon a sizable red creature writhing in the sand. One of the men grabbed a rock and threw it at the beast, killing it instantly. Excited by their discovery, the Russians then collected the corpse and returned it to their country for further study. However, once it arrived at their destination, something strange happened. The body of the Mongolian deathworm went missing. Of course it did. Despite extensive searches throughout Russia's museums and scientific facilities, no one could locate the legendary creature's corpse. Now, many have speculated that it had to have been misplaced or destroyed during the political upheavals in Russia at the time. Others believe it is still hidden in some basement or in a crate of some storage room waiting to be rediscovered. But nobody thinks that it was just, they didn't actually catch one, that they just... You have to understand that Pretty much everyone in, in my stories here with the Mongolian death swarm are very optimistic that the creature exists, at least in the beginning. Right. So if there's a possibility that the Russians have one in a basement of some museum, they're going to believe that that's true until proven otherwise. 
More recently, in 2007, the popular television show Destination Truth aired an episode dedicated to the Mongolian deathworm. Hosted by Josh Gates, the show follows a team of researchers traveling to Mongolia searching for the elusive creature. I love Expedition. There's so many ones he has. I like Expedition X the best. And they were determined to capture evidence of this legendary creature. Despite many promising leads, their expedition proved fruitless, as all the others had. They never encountered the deathworm or any concrete evidence of its existence in Mongolia. There is a slim possibility that an unknown and bizarre creature resides within the sand. Current theories suggest that the reported sightings of the deathworms were more likely either snakes or limbless lizards. There are poisonous serpents found in Mongolia, such as vipers and adders. However, they are small and bear no resemblance in appearance of these Mongolian deathworms. Moreover, they do not inhabit the sand. There is a snake species called the steppe raven racer, which more closely resembles the mythical deathworm. Yet, its venom poses little threat to humans. Another potential culprit to the worm could be the sand boa, which can be found in the Gobi Desert and does have the appearance that resembles the elusive creature described by the locals. Although it poses no harm to humans, its appearance alone might be enough to scare people. To scare me. The stories and sightings of this sand boa or the Mongolian death worm may have been misinterpreted or exaggerated over time. Kind of like a fish story. You catch a fish that's six inches, but you say it's two feet long. Kind of like trimmers and Beetlejuice. <laughs> we'll get to those. Despite all these logical explanations, there are still those who remain firm believers in the existence of the Mongolian deathworm. They argue that with advancements in technology and interest in cryptozoology, it is only a matter of time before concrete evidence is found. But until then, it seems likely that this mysterious creature, or sand boa, will remain nothing more than a legend, a creature of ancient folklore and modern-day fascination. <laughs> That's a big difference. Snake and a worm. I mean, worms and snakes move differently. I mean, I can't see. Well, no, I guess I can see that because sometimes I've mistaken a baby snake for a worm. There you go. So they do kind of move similar. Oh. Maybe from a distance or when you're scared, you could make it worse than it was. Ah, steak! Yeah, I would. Well, even in modern times, the idea of giant worms living under our feet continues to captivate and spark our curiosity. Monstrous and awe-inspiring, the sandworms of Dune exist over the desert landscapes of planet Arachnus at a staggering length of 1,300 feet. Another set of movies that has giant worms is the Tremors Graboids, which you've mentioned earlier. Now, these Graboids are a prehistoric invertebrate species that serves as the primary monster in the Tremors franchise. These creatures are depicted as mysterious subterranean beasts, strikingly resembling enormous worms or monstrous larvae. 
With their long serpentine bodies and formidable size, fully grown graboids can measure up to 30 feet in length and 6 feet across at their widest point. Their insatiable hunger drives them to be ruthless carnivores, constantly on the prowl for their next meal. So as Goldian mentioned, Beetlejuice does a comedic take on these giant monster worms with the sandworms of Saturn. For modern horror, there is a 2010 television film that stars Sean Patrick Flannery titled Mongolian Deathworm. Ah, there you go. Very obvious. This story follows an American corporation's quest for shale oil in Mongolia. Little do they know, their actions have disturbed a nest of these legendary monsters known to the indigenous people as the Mongolian deathworms. So as you can tell, we have had a fascination with giant worms for centuries. So the belief in a Mongolian deathworm seems pretty natural. True. And people will continue investigating and traveling to the heart of the deadly Gobi Desert until they find one. Well, you think they just go and just start digging? Of course, they blew up and flooded, so that didn't help. And remember, the Gobi Desert is fifty thousand square miles. Where do you where do you blow up in? Right in the middle. Right in the middle, and that's going to cover maybe a football field. Yeah. So it's like looking for a needle in a haystack, or in this case, a worm in the sand. <laughs> Wonder if the early bird would catch it. Well, that's why you, the best advice to give a worm is to sleep late. Thank you, Violet. Now, as a reminder, before we end this episode, we are active on social media and would be thrilled to hear your opinions about the Mongolian death worm. Don't hesitate to share your stories and opinions with us. You can reach us on our Facebook page, Within the Mist Podcast, and we are also on Instagram and have an email at withinthemistpodcast at gmail.com for any of you who would like to share. We hope you enjoyed our story of the Mongolian deathworm. Come back next week for more episodes of Cryptids, Ghosts, and Other Mysteries. In the meantime, watch the sands beneath your feet for lightning strikes and remain constantly curious. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys.